0: Thank you to the worship team. That's a nice, big, full worship team this morning, and so that's that's a wonderful thing. Another thing is, like, I, I, I always uh, look at the, where people sit on uh, days outside, because uh, on today's, like, today, like, I think the sun is the prime position, you know? There's some Sundays, you're you're fighting for the shade, today's a Sunday, and it's beautiful to be outside uh, together today, and I welcome everyone who's joining us online. Before I start the sermon this morning, I wanted to address something that happened this week. As you all know, on Tuesday of this past week, a series, series of shootings took place in the Atlanta area where eight people, six of whom were Asian women, uh, were killed through uh, gun violence. According to the police, the shooter was motivated by a sexual addiction that stood in contrast to his religious beliefs. And as was reported, the shooter was an evangelical or had an evangelical Christian background. Many people have rallied to show their support for the victims and to uh, recognize the racial prejudice that, too, that is too often a part of this world. And so this morning I thought it appropriate uh, that we as an evangelical church with many Asian American members uh, would recognize what took place this week and, uh, and just our hearts are broken, broken by these events and we grieve with those who have experienced violence or even attitudes of racial Prejudice against them. And so obviously, these acts and attitudes stand in complete opposition to the teachings and the example of Jesus. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, more than anyone, loved everyone, broke down racial barriers, and gave his life in a nonviolent act of sacrifice for the salvation of everyone who believes in him. And so, in a moment, I'll offer my own prayer, but Before I do that, I thought I would read a prayer called A Prayer of Solidarity with Victims of Violence. Amid despair, we stand in love and in justice for those who could not stand for themselves. As we pause to remember those who have lost their lives to violence, victims of every manner of abuse, we are remembering those who were promised a land of milk and honey, who died along the way, never having seen the promised land. As we pause to remember the communities who are left to mourn, may our mourning join with theirs, and may you comfort us, O God. In ways only you know, facilitate in us a spirit of love, mercy, healing, and justice, so that one day we might live not or in a land not consumed by violence and hatred that one day we may live in love and neighborliness and may that peace begin in us now in your mercy O god hear our prayer amen now i'd like to just go before the lord together as a congregation father god we come before you today and we recognize the hurt and the suffering that takes place in this world because we are in a broken world that uh, is full of sin and as much as we want to look for answers in uh, all kinds of areas in society and in education uh, and in politics uh, and surely there are many helps there God ultimately we know our greatest hope is in you because this at its core is a spiritual issue and so god we pray against uh anything that is not of you we condemn violence and and uh injustice and we pray for your healing that comes through your spirit we pray for your comfort upon the uh the victim's families this morning and all of those that have been affected in one way or another And God, we pray that as a church that you would uh, help us to to know how we can stand on your side and that we can make a difference in this world and in this community here. And God, uh, may you use us to be your people, to be your your hands and feet and your mouthpiece. And so God, we uh, come before you this morning, recognize these things are brought to the forefront again in the news. And we recognize that we are in an ongoing battle, and we pray for your help. God, now we turn our hearts uh, to your word and pray that, as uh, Chiodi has already prayed, that you would uh, help us to receive your word this morning, that it would touch our hearts. In some ways, uh, just even as we pray these prayers around the, the things that have taken place this week, we pray that you would sanctify us and make us holy. And so, God, we pray for your help now. I pray that you just help me to step back and let your spirit do your work through me. And so we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, As a church, we've been going through uh, this series we're calling Powerful Prayers. And I don't know what your reaction has been as we're going through this, but I'll have to admit, one week after another, it just keeps coming at us in waves, and, and, uh, and, I, and I'm burdened, and I'm impassioned to pray the prayer that week. And this week is a good one, okay? I'll just say that on the front end. This week has been the most difficult one for me to prepare and probably had the most conviction in it. But uh, just in terms of review, the first week we were challenged to pray what we called the Search Me Prayer, and it's really a prayer of confession god search my heart and help me to see the sin within my own heart help me to see the the fears and the insecurities there and and god maybe i turn those things over to you search uh, search my heart god and then we had the send me prayer god send me wherever you would want me to go across the street to my neighbor across the the uh, aisle to the cubicle next door to my co-worker uh, uh, into the community, even around the world. God, whatever your will is, send me. And, uh, and then we had show yourself. God, help me to see you as you really are. Give me a passion for your glory. Help me to see you in, in, all, in all your uh, greatness. And last week, I know this was a, a week, I've, I've heard from many of you this week, the last week's really touched home. God, uh, save him or her. Uh, a, a prayer for the salvation of our loved ones. And and we pray for those that we care so much about that that they would uh, experience the grace and the salvation of God. And now today, as I said, this is a challenging one, sanctify me. It's a prayer for holiness. Now, all five of these prayers, I believe, are really powerful prayers. They come directly from the words of Scripture. And my prayer is that uh, as we have gone through this 35-day challenge, that these prayers have begun to take root in our hearts in such a way that long after this series is over, we'll continue to pray these kind of prayers, because these are powerful prayers. Not because the words themselves are magic, but because these are the type of prayers that touch the heart of God. These are the type of things that God wants to do in us and through us. And, they're, and so my pr- challenge to us is, Hang on to these prayers. Maybe even hang on to this bookmark with the prayers and continue to pray them. Because as we pray them over time, these powerful prayers, they, have a, they will have a, the power to change our hearts and to make us uh, more like God. These are powerful prayers to change our lives and to change the lives of those around us. So today's Sanctify Me prayer uh, is found in 1 Thessalonians 5. 23 and 24 And these verses say may god himself the god of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it now as i have uh prepared this sermon i i felt what i think some of you may even be feeling right now some of these prayers you hear yeah that's what i want the show me prayer i want to see god uh the the uh the save him or her prayer yeah that's what i want to see happen even the send me prayer god i want to be used by you but i don't know if we quite resonate with the same way with the sanctify me prayer not right away, does it, uh, does it spark uh, excitement in my heart? Do I really want to be holy? And so the sanctify me prayer starts with a prayer, God, create in me a desire to be sanctified, to be like you, to, to be holy. Part of the reason I think the sanctify uh, prayer is such an important prayer is, is found in our theme verse through this series, James 5.16. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Like all of us want that, I'm sure. We want our prayers to be powerful and effective, but it's the prayer of a righteous person, a person that is sanctified, a person that is holy, that has that power in their prayers. To, to ask God to sanctify you is more than... Just wash you clean and forgive your sins. That was the search me prayer. The sanctify prayer is to ask God to change you, to make you uh, like him and to make you holy. The word sanctify literally means in the Greek, it means to set apart. And so, so negatively, we are asking God to set us apart away from sin. And positively, we are asking God to set us apart to him and for him the same uh the word as i mentioned this is what the word means in the greek the the greek word has the same root here as our english words for holiness or sanctification or even saint and so what you may be thinking is i don't know if i want to be sanctified i don't know if i want to be a saint uh and uh but i and and so i want to uh dwell on this for a moment because my one of my main goals here in this sermon is to spark within our hearts the desire to pray this prayer with our whole heart behind it first of all we need to know that there is a difference between holiness and holier than and and a holier than thou attitude i recognize that none of us want to have a holier than thou attitude Holier-than-thou attitudes are based in in pride and, and a demeaning spirit towards us. But holiness is rooted in humility and in rooted in lifting others up. Or maybe the reason we don't resonate right away with the sanctify me prayer is because we feel like if we really had holiness, our life would be less pleasurable or that we'd be missing out on something. Well, let me just start by looking at the example of Jesus. Jesus was surely the most holy person that ever walked the face of this earth. Uh, He was the only one that lived and never gave in to sin. He was holy. But I also think that Jesus was the most joyful and and peace-filled, I don't know if that's how you should say it, but he was the most joyful and peaceful person that ever walked on the face of the earth. When you read the stories of Jesus, have you ever noticed how many people are attracted to him and just how the crowds gather around him? Now, there were, sure, there were some in that crowd that did not like him, especially the Pharisees. And the, thing I, the reason I think the Pharisees uh, butted heads with Jesus so much is not because they were so holy, but because they had that holier-than-thou attitude. The people that were really attracted to Jesus with love were the people that were oftentimes on the outskirts of society, The poor and the sick and those that Jesus would welcome into his presence that no one else wanted into their presence. And the other group that was especially attracted to Jesus were children. Now, when I look at those two things, children and the hurting, I I recognize that there is something very attractive to Jesus' character. As if anything, the hurting and children— quickly recognize if someone is not going to treat them well if someone's going to uh if someone's going to harm them or if someone is not safe to be with but the children climb up on jesus's laps uh, uh, on jesus lap why because there is an attractiveness to Je- to who jesus is there is a gentle holiness that comes seeping out of his life you see the kind of uh the kind of holiness that we're talking uh, about here is, is the kind of holiness that doesn't hit us in the face like water from a fire hydrant. It's more like the water that forms on the outside of a cold glass with condensation on a hot day. It just kind of seeps out of our lives, and it is it is satisfying in this difficult and hot unholy world that we live in and so more than you realize i really do think deep down in your heart you want to be holy god has created us to live in holiness because he has created us in his image and when we live as god wants us to live our uh, sanctified lives that line up with who he is, then we are actually living in to all the fullness that God has for us. And so I just want to challenge you this week the, the, uh, to pray the Sanctify Me prayer every day this week, 10 minutes a day. And it might just start with the, with the request, God, help me to want to be sanctified. Help me to want to be holy and to pray that kind of uh, to pray for that kind of life because we know that, that that kind of life produces the joy and the peace that we really love. My favorite TV channel is HGTV. Uh, I love home renovation stuff. My parents are here this weekend. We hung new curtains in the bedroom yesterday and and that was fun. There's a, there's a sense of satisfaction. I love home renovation stuff and so HGTV is all about uh, fixing up houses. And uh, my favorite show right now is Hometown. And uh, on Hometown, they have an introduction like all TV shows do. And uh, at the end of the introduction, the hosts say, if we keep going like this, pretty soon the whole town will be new. And then they pause and the the woman says, well, we'll leave the good old stuff. To which the man replies, yeah, I was going to say, I like a little dinge. Now, when it comes to old houses, it's nice to have a little dinge. But when it comes to our life with God, we want to get rid of all dinge. We want to be sanctified. We want to be holy before him. In the Bible, there's three aspects to sanctification. The first aspect of sanctification is what we can call positional sanctification, positionally in god's uh, perspective it's a done deal it's in the past tense you're already sanctified because of jesus's work uh, on the cross for you first corinthians 1 12 speaks of positional sanctification to the church of god in corinth to those sanctified in the past tense it's already done to those sanctified in christ jesus and called to be his holy people and so in one sense, if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you're sanctified. You're already a saint. You're, ho- you're holy. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. So in this verse, sanctification and justification are put in the same category. It's a, it's a done deal. It's a, it's a work that was accomplished already uh, for you on the cross you are a saint last time i flew on a plane i uh the seat i got uh uh, positioned in assigned to was uh, i was seated right next to a catholic nun and you know in catholicism it's a big deal to be a saint right uh you got there's a whole process you got to meet all of these things and uh so i made my way to the seat and uh and I looked at who I was sitting to, and the nun had her, had her uh, head garment on and her robe and all of this, so I knew who she was. And I said, oh, sister, I got good news for you. This morning, we have someone flying on this plane who is a saint. Uh, uh, it's really a wonderful thing. Would you like to sit next to a saint? And her face lights up, and she gets a big smile and says, oh, yeah, I would love to sit next to a plane, uh, or next to a saint. I could talk to them for the next hour. And I reached out my hand, and I said, good to meet you. I'm St. Corey. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. That didn't actually happen. Okay? That'd be kind of a weird thing to say. Uh, but I was tempted to, or at least if I ever, that whole story was made up, to be honest with you. I never sat next to a nun. But if I did, I'd be tempted to say that, Uh, Because that's who you are. You're a saint. In God's eyes, you're washed clean. You're uh, you're already holy. Now, I think that's important to know because how you think of yourself then impacts the way you live your life. You know, as a parent, sometimes when I'm talking to my kids and they do something that— we don't approve of, I'll say, you know what, uh, Dawson, Kinsey, uh, you're a Winnell and Winnells don't do this. That's not to say, that's not a holier-than-thou attitude. What I'm trying to do is instill dignity and value in, and, and a healthy pride in who they are, because how you think of yourself affects your behavior. The position has, the positional has a huge impact on the practical. And once you know who you are, then you'll know what you are to do. One preacher uh, once drove home the point by saying, start with what you know to get to where you want to go. Start with what you know to get to where you want to go. And so this is where we start when we pray the sanctify me pray. prayer. We're just meditating on who God has already made us to be. He's made us holy. That is who you are. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are sanctified. Now, how do we live into that? Well, that brings us to the second aspect of sanctification. The second aspect of sanctification is progressive sanctification. Progressive, uh, in other words, you're a work in progress. There's There's a growth to us becoming more and more sanctified, more and more holy. And I think that's what jumps out in the verses that we read this morning. It says, may God sanctify you through and through. In other words, may uh, more and more of who you are become holy. And then he goes on to say, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. May your whole life just get in alignment with the holiness of God. And may your, your spirit, your soul, your body, everything in you, May uh, it become blameless. And so to progress in sanctification means that more and more we are saying no to sin and yes to God. That doesn't mean that you're not tempted. To be sanctified does not mean that you do not experience temptation. Sometimes I think that's another misunderstanding that we have. As I said, Jesus was the holiest person that ever walked the face of the earth, and Jesus was tempted, as Hebrews says, he was tempted in every way that we are. But uh, but even though we are not tempted, sanctifi- or even though we are tempted, sanctification means that we will now give into that temptation less, and that obviously is hard. But the good news from these verses is that you don't go it alone. And this is why we pray the prayer. We're asking for God's help. May God himself sanctify you, as 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says. And then verse 24, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So sanctification is partnership with God. There are things that you do to sanctify yourself, and there is the, uh, the work of God in you. So just to draw that out, let me read a couple cross-references. Romans 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. It's, a, it's an imperative there. It's a, a a command. You put to death. How? By the Spirit. Another one. Second, or Philippians 2, Uh, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. You work it out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And so this is the sanctify me prayer. God, give me the strength to live what how you want me to live now you do it You're, you you uh, put in the effort but god strengthens you and god comes alongside of you and we work in partnership uh, uh, in partnership to be sanctified and so as i said the question now on the table that we're asking is what do you do well i'm actually not going to answer that question this this morning I'm going to trust that God's going to do that, answer that question for you. Like That's why we're praying this prayer every day this week. And As you pray, God, sanctify me. Ask, God, what do you want me to do? And God will direct you. God will guide you. He will lead you in what he wants you to do. But this, I can tell you, it starts in the heart. It starts with the desire to be sanctified. When your desire to live Whole, a holy life is greater than your desire to sin. Then you are moving on the path of sanctification. You know, I used to love eating Little Debbie snack cakes. You know, you, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You got the Hostess cupcakes. You got—I don't even know if all of these are technically Little Debbies, but you know what I mean. You, then there's the Twinkies, and my favorite was the oatmeal cream pie. Right? Oh man, the oatmeal cream pies were good. I still get cravings for oatmeal cream pies. And uh, but then as I got older, I recognized if I'm going to be healthy, I can't eat so many oatmeal cream pies. I got this desire to eat uh, oatmeal cream pies, but I also got this desire to be healthy. And eventually my desire to be healthy outweighed my desire for Little Debbie snack cakes. And I stopped and I stopped uh, eating all those cream pies and Twinkies. I, stu- I still slow down a little bit when I walk through the grocery aisle past the, the, uh, the oatmeal cream pies, uh, but I don't buy any. That's the point. Eventually, my desire f- uh, for health w- uh, outweighed my desire uh, to eat the junk food, and the same thing will happen in our lives. This is really the heart of sanctification. It's when we desire to live for God more than we desire to give in to whatever the sin that we're struggling with is when you recognize that god will provide you with more joy and peace than whatever uh when whatever this is promising whatever uh, and this might be lust this might be pride this might be unforgiveness and there's a certain attractiveness all to this otherwise you'd never get into it give into it if it was all ugly and all nasty It'd be easy to resist. There's a certain attractiveness here, a desire to give into it. You think, oh, if I just say that, it'll make me feel better. If I just uh, give into this temptation, then something in me will be happy. And, and when, we get the, uh, it, when we get into our minds, no, this is better. Holiness is better. Then we're progressing in our sanctification. Verse 23 says, May your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless three parts to who you are Uh, according to the bible there is the spirit there is the soul and there is the body and when we talk about sanctification all three parts of these are getting in alignment with with god now i think paul mentions these three parts in order for a reason the spirit speaks of your will of your volition what you desire what you want to do the soul speaks of the core of your being your values and then the body speaks of everything the body does what you say what you do how you react to someone uh how you spend your time and so when we are praying the sanctify me prayer it starts with the spirit God, help me, help me to desire, want you more than I want anything else. And when that uh, begins to take root into our lives, it changes our, our soul, where we have new values. And, the, and out of our values flow our actions, flow our bodily behaviors. So there's positional sanctification, there's progressive sanctification. There's actually one more sanctification. So in other words, we've had past, present, now the last one is future the last uh, sanctification we could call is perfect sanctification and this happens as verse 23 says here at the coming of our lord jesus christ we'll experience perfect sanctification when jesus comes back and uh, the all wrongs are set right and the world is made new we receive our new resurrected bodies how many of you saw uh, oprah's interview with megan and harry any uh anyone saw it? oh man if you haven't seen the interview you've probably heard about it it was all the rage for i'll admit i watched it okay uh, maybe we need to go to confession here but no i'm just kidding that's not confession but i but i watched it and uh and the whole point of the interview was to get their perspective of why they left the royal family you know megan and harry were I don't know what their official titles were, but, you know, obviously uh, they were up there in the royal family. And one of the things that Megan said when I heard this, I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't quite uh, believe that. She said she had no idea what she was really getting into when she married into the royal family. She said she didn't know what it would mean to be a princess, uh, that, uh, she's an American and all that stuff, the titles and the pomp and the circumstances doesn't really mean anything to me. And I'm, and, and me and my skepticism, I hear that. I'm like, come on now, Megan, surely you brainstormed about it a little bit. You daydreamed. What would it be like to be in the Royal family? What would it be like to be a princess? Surely you researched it. What would my, uh, uh privileges be? What would my responsibilities be? And now they've given it all up, and uh, they say they're fine with it, but I hear the interview, and it sound, ah, sound a little bitter to me <laughs> okay uh, but but uh I watch this interview and uh and i and I share that story because I don't want to get in too deep here. some you may be huge Megan and Harry fans, you may not like them whatever. The point of the illustration is that You, as a follower of Jesus, have been given a new position. You've been brought into a new family. You're now in the family of God. And it comes with all kinds of benefits. It also comes with a lot of responsibilities. But my challenge to you is just ponder that. Daydream about it. Uh, Meditate on the fact of who you are in christ jesus you're a saint for goodness sake god looks upon you and he and all of his love is poured out upon you because uh, of who he has made you uh, through jesus christ now it would be easy to uh, to forfeit many of the blessings because we don't really grasp who we are it'd be easy to continue to live in our old life because we don't uh, grasp what it is that we've been brought into this new life and so I, I encourage you just to pray this prayer and to bring it into your heart because uh, once you know who you are, it'll affect how you live out your life. Now, Megan, uh, do you know how much Megan Markle received in clothing allowance before she left the lo- royal family? 20 bucks? Yeah, right. 20 uh, no, not that high. <laughs> Here, I thought it was a big number. She got a half a million dollars a year. You may be thinking, man, gee, Pastor Cory knows a lot about being a princess. No, I, I, I've looked all this up. But my point is, uh, she has given up all that money now. But princesses were given the allowance because princesses are supposed to look a certain way. You and I, we are, we are uh, now saints. We're believers in Jesus Christ. And we are to look a certain way, not with our outward appearance, but with the, with the gentle holiness that comes just seeping out of our lives. Like that cold uh, condensation on a cup in the, middle of a, in the middle of a hot summer day. There is an attractiveness to our lives. You see, you were created in the image of God, and you will find all the joy and the happiness in life that you were meant to have, not by pursuing the things of this world, but by pursuing God to live in his image. Sanctification means that we are no longer in conflict with God, but we are aligned to him. And this is the reason, I believe, that that Paul refers to God in this passage as the God of peace. Of all the titles, uh, Paul could have chosen for God. He could have said the God of love, the God of grace, the God of holiness. He said the God of peace, because I believe that when we are sanctified, then we find peace with our maker. Our lives are holy, and we move into all the blessings that that offers to us. In a life of holiness, there is joy in our souls, in our spirits, souls, and bodies. And so my question for you this morning is, is that what you want for your life? Do you want to be holy? Do you want to be sanctified? The challenge for us this week is to pray the Sanctify Me prayer. Ten minutes a day, every day this week, God, sanctify me. And it starts with praying, God, help me to want to be holy, to want to be like your son, Jesus. And then God will begin or continue, actually, I should say continue. He's already begun a a good work in all of us. He will continue that good work to make us more and more like his son. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the work that was done on the cross for us, that we are justified, that we are sanctified and that one day we will be glorified and God we pray that now even in this life that we would progress in our sanctification that we would become more and more like you because we are saints because you have brought us into your royal family and we pray that you would help us to live into that and fill our hearts with joy and peace. That doesn't mean that life is going to be easy, but I do think that there is an attractiveness to this kind of life. It is a life that, is, that frees us from anger and pride and jealousy and all of those things that are opposed to you. And so, God, we pray for your help. We pray that you would sanctify us and make us holy for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.